Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Gateway to Cinema, the spinoff of the far more popular podcast reboot already underway. The Knight Rider 2010 to the main podcast, Knight Rider. Is it a spinoff? It's, well, it was a made-for-television movie. Okay. But they, they changed a few things. The car is now, like, has a, the personality of the hero's dead girlfriend. She's, like, trapped inside the car now. So, so a hellish existence, basically. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Good. Good. But they come together and fight crime. So. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the dream. <laughs> <laughs> I am, of course, your host, Aaron Hahn. Joined, as always, but on a very special instance this week, mm-hmm. joined in person Yeah. by Jacob Lacey. Yep, I'm here. Hello. Uh, with my catchphrase this week. Oh, gosh. Uh, I'm trying to think of something from the movie. Um, truth, bruv. They say that a lot. I don't. I don't know. They do say that a lot. Yeah. That is once again a relevant catchphrase for Lacey, given the movie we are talking about today. Because we are once again covering another film from the list of a hundred movies I once made for Lacey to watch. Films that are an interesting introduction to the larger world of cinema. And this week we got what uh, Lacey and I both described as an underrated film. Oh, after he uh, first watched it. Right. So this is a very recent entry, so it's not really a classic like many of the ones we covered, but this right. is a film that deserves more recognition and could very well become a classic with right. more yeah, time. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that is the science fiction comedy film, Attack the Block. Yeah. Um, so this is a movie I didn't know like anything about going into it. I'd heard the name a couple times, I knew John Boyega was in it, and um, I had seen one scene from it, um, just because in some YouTube video I was watching, they're like, uh, they're talking about a horrible movie, and they're like, usually movies have set up, like, and they show a clip from Attack the Block where he's like, I can make that jump, I can make that jump, and he's like, obviously, he's going to make that jump later in the movie, that's called setup. this movie has no setup. <laughs> and it's like, so that's what I know that tiny bit from, um, so... That's all I had to go on uh, before watching it. And uh, like Aaron said, uh, we, we both agree this is a classic. Um, or could be a classic. I, I think it's extremely underrated. I would never have guessed that this movie was as good as it was. Because <laughs> when you see like a kind of low budget sci-fi kind of, uh, you know, what am I looking for? Not indie, but like well, certainly, fairly yeah, small. Smaller budget yeah. science fiction films. You kind of are like, eh, we'll see, wait and see approach. But this movie, uh, I think, really knocks it out of the park. I, I enjoyed it very much. I was laughing a lot. Was uh, just genuinely like tense throughout the whole thing mm-hmm. because like I'm like I don't know what happens to any of these characters. Any of these characters could die at any moment. So like, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I again don't want to say too much until spoilers section. But right. why'd you put it on the list, Aaron? Well, I mean. This was basically a film that was brought to my attention because of, like, the, the talent involved. Like, at the time I was writing the list, this was, like, 2015, probably, I wrote this list. Yeah. So, what was happening is uh, Joe Cornish, the director of this film, was, at the time, uh, he was brought on to rewrite the script for Ant-Man. So, he mm-hmm. was, like, he was a possible contender for directing it, but it ended up going to uh, Peyton Reed. Right. But, so, he was a name that I was becoming more familiar with, 
and then John Boyega obviously was cast in the new Star Wars film, and so he was another name that I have now become familiar <laughs> with. And so yeah. when people were saying, you know, hey, like, if you're interested in these people working on these new major projects, here's a great film that like shows their origins. Like this is John Boyega's breakout role. This is Joe Cornish's uh, directorial debut. Mm-hmm. So. It was a film that I was then drawn to for those reasons, and then I watched it, highly enjoyed it, I thought it was very well made, uh, very funny, very uh, emotional at the end, I think, and just, I I loved a lot of the filmmaking that went on display here, especially a lot of the, like, practical effects involved. Yes. So, this was a film that I definitely felt like Lacey would enjoy as well, so I put it on the list. You were right. You were right, I, I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, do we want to get into spoilers? Indeed. So if you haven't seen this movie yet, highly recommend that you go watch yes, it. Yes, I agree. I'm with you on that one. And if you have seen it, or just don't care, we're going to talk about it in a little in-depth with spoilers. I recommend you care on this one. <laughs> um, where I was like, last week, I'm like, rubber? Whatever. You can't really spoil rubber, but this one, there are spoilers, so if you haven't seen it, Go watch it. Um, something that stood out to me a lot in this that I really enjoyed, and it's been a while since I've been like, oh, I enjoy this in a movie, is like the creature design is really good in this. And it's just like, they're super basic. Like, they're like, oh, they're gorilla wolf things or whatever. But I think just like the pitch black, like just like a void right. mixed with like the electric blue fangs, mm-hmm. it just works so well. And it really does. I, it's... It, it's creepy. I don't know. <laughs> it's creepy. It's it's visually interesting, and you know the the practical effects involved. Like it was basically people in suits. Like it is mm-hmm. old school monster effects. I think yeah. that really it brings something special to it. Like you know, it's reminiscent of like the the original Xenomorph and Alien. You're just like, I, I think what's it's it's incredible that like you know you look at we talked about how this is a smaller budget science fiction film, mm-hmm. and yet it is very much a film that the effects look better than a lot of big-budget Hollywood productions do. Yeah. And I was also... I didn't know that this was going to be this way when I was watching it, but uh, just how uh, gory this movie was in (laughs) moments. Like, that first time the one jumps off the ceiling and just, like, impales that cop on the back of the police car, I'm like, holy crap, like, I I let out, like, an audible, like, oh, okay, this is what's going on now, so, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, and then, of course, the creature design of the queen, I guess you'd call it, or maybe, like, the... Sure, or at least the female of the species. The female of the species, yeah, um, that was... Also, just, like, you know, reminiscent of Alien, but also, like, oh, you can kick the crap out of this thing, and then they do, and it's like, oh, okay, (laughs) probably shouldn't have done that. Um, Yeah, so, that was great. I thought the acting, again, was great. I think we kind of mentioned that. Um, John Boyega, I think, is really good, especially in the later scenes, um, Mm -hmm. when, you know, he gets a, a bit more to work with. And that great moment where she's like, how old are you? I'm 15. <laughs> yeah, that was like a really powerful moment in the film, I thought. Because, because obviously, yeah. John Briega, not 15 at no. the time of filming this, no. doesn't really look 15. No. But there's just like something so incredibly, like, pa- almost painfully realistic about that moment. Because then yeah. you read stories 
like in the news about a lot of like inner city kids that do look a lot older than they actually are and mm-hmm. that gets them you know into dangerous situations with like the authorities and stuff like that yeah and so it's a very like it, it it's something that almost seems unbelievable because mm-hmm. you're like, well, John Boyega is not 15, <laughs> but at the same yeah. time, it's just a, such a wonderful job of capturing that you know like inner city lower income dynamic that is so important. And he plays the... it so well too. Right, he, yes. he plays it like not innocent, but like he plays it like he's young. Like I don't know yeah. how to even describe it. Like but... he's kind of. He's wise to certain to his situation. Like he mm-hmm. he's learned how to navigate his own personal world. Mm-hmm. But like when he's you know, comes into conflict with anything outside of that, he is very much that childlike person. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so uh other good things in this movie. I, oh, I really like the score. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was really it does a great job of being like sort of 80s sci-fi while also not sounding like too corny and not uh but also keeping like the tension high Mm -hmm. like i said i was in a like on edge with some of these scenes like i'm like at one point i was like none of the main kids are gonna die and then the one main kid dies i'm like holy (laughs) okay well all right um but yeah the score the score was by uh steven price who i believe uh went on to win the oscar for gravity i think it was I know he won an Oscar for some score. I think it was Gravity. I don't know. So this was also kind of like his debut. So that's another uh, bit of talent involved in the there we behind go. the scenes of this. Uh, this movie had a lot going for it. it <laughs> a lot of, a lot of talented people. Um, what, do, what do you like about this movie, Aaron? <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for you to tell me what you like about it. I mean... <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I mean I can keep going. Yeah, but sure. like um, maybe that's something we're talking about. Yeah, you're I mean, definitely like, more familiar. Or like, uh, I didn't get a chance to rewatch this. Yeah, cause yeah. I was traveling because mm-hmm. I'm now here in yes. person, so I didn't get a chance to rewatch this. So I'm less. Fam- I'm recalling it less than you are. But uh, yeah, so I mean I can mention the just the great tension again. I think the fact that they said it in just this. Like, apartment complex, I suppose. That's probably... Yeah, probably like, like a housing complex. Yeah, housing complex. Kind yeah. of thing. Um, just setting it there, I thought, worked so well. Um, all, like, the tight hallways and uh, the elevators that, like, feel really claustrophobic all the time. And it's... Um, that's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the idea of having, like... I don't know, this is probably, like, a real thing at these places, but, like, you hit the thing at the end of the hallway and the lights turn on throughout the whole, whole hallway. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, it, I, do you I remember that? Or that's a real thing, but, yeah. It works really well in this movie, like, because then it's on a timer. You hit it, and you, like, get to the other end, but it's, like, well, it goes off halfway, and then it's, like, okay, now we can't see anything. <laughs> and I don't know. I thought that was a really good way to set tension as well. Like, hey, I mean, add a timer to anything, then you have, like... Mm-hmm. Good tension. Yeah, I mean it's, it's like definitely... a bad timer. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely think like the whole like set design, it was a very good job of it, it. The movie does a good job of like, uh, taking advantage of like its smaller budget. In it, it, it does a good job of managing it, making it look like it's a more expensive film than it actually is because it uses those claustrophobic mm-hmm. environments well. Mm-hmm. So it's like obviously easier to make 
cheaper, you know, cheaper to make, cheaper to shoot at, and all that. But at the same time, it works so well with the themes of the film as well as in building the tension. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, then when you just get to the other parts, like when you get into rooms and stuff, and then having the windows where it's like, oh, the window's kind of safe, but then there's just the shot, or the shot, I don't know what the drug dealer's name was, but when he's standing with his back to the window and all of them just are kind of coming on the side, I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, uh, yikes. Um, it's like everything's just like, that's where it's, it, uh, you're, you're trapped even though it, something looks like you're kind of free, like, oh, the window, all right, no, no, you're still, you're still trapped in here. Um, yeah, so that, that was great. Um, I also just loved how fun this movie was. Mm-hmm. Um, just from beginning to end. Now, the be- now, let me rephrase that. The beginning was a little jarring. Like, it just starts on well, I think the nurse. It, well, like, because we, like, we're introduced to these characters. They, ass- like, attack this uh, nurse. They yeah. mock her. And then all of a sudden they become our heroes. So it yeah. is kind of very much a shift in uh, our sympathies. Mm-hmm. So it, I can definitely understand why it's jarring. Yeah. And it, it just... I was like, did I miss something? I like, I feel like I missed like an opener or something, and then all of a sudden we're here, and I'm like, I looked at him like five minutes in, I'm like, I don't think I miss it. Have I been sitting here for five minutes? And that what? Then then the whole rest of the movie, time just flew by. I was like, I want to spend more time with these characters. These are really good characters. Um, I mean, especially Moses and. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that nurse names. name. Nurse, nurse name. name. Oh, um, I'll try to get to it. But uh, yeah, that was great. I love Samantha Adams. We also got past Dennis, Jerome, Biggs, Bruce, Ron, and Hi Hats. Was our character? Hi Hats was his name. Yes. Oh, that's not what I thought his name was. That was like High C or something. <laughs> Wait, Hi. Is he? Is he the drug dealer? He's the like, uh, not the drug dealer. That's Nick Frost. That's Ron. I'm, I'm, I'm so confused. Anyway. Okay, whatever. <laughs> and so, um, I, I lost my train of thought. But really good characters. Uh, really good characters. I think the cast has a lot of chemistry as well. Mm-hmm. And I do think they... It was it was a very wide, wise decision to kind of like cast these unknown actors. Like, obviously, as we mentioned, John Boyega became big after right. this film. And then we have one of, one of the other members of the gang... I don't know uh, the actor's name, but he's in Legends of Tomorrow now. He plays one half of Firestorm. Oh, okay. And that was also very interesting because I watched, obviously, Legends of Tomorrow started before uh, I watched this movie. Oh, okay. And so I was used to him do it using his American accent, and then oh. I watched this film <laughs> where he's using his British accent. Just and I was so like, real. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? This guy seems like a much better actor in his British accent. Like you watch him with Legends of Tomorrow, you're like, ah, this this guy's this guy the best they could have gotten. <laughs> but then you you watch him in this. I I don't, I don't know if that's like the sole reason for the difference. I mean, it's also you know film versus TV and, and cheesier and stuff yeah, to deal yeah, with. CW is yeah. pretty cheesy, has cheesy and has poor dialogue. But I I just thought it was humorous <laughs> that he seemed like such a better actor to me in this movie than he did in that show. And that could also partially be because of, like, the uh, the chemistry he shares with the other members of this gang. Yeah. 
I don't know who I'm thinking of as a character now. I, but who's the the druggy, the guy who looks like Eddie Redmayne? I I don't know. I what his don't know. Who, name I, I'm not going to be able to tell if all you give me is he looks like Eddie Redmayne. Well, everyone I, listening, if you've seen this movie and if you you recently watched this movie, you know there's a character in this who looks a lot like Eddie Redmayne, and uh, he's really funny in this movie. It's not Eddie Redmayne though. No, because Eddie Redmayne wouldn't be funny. He'd just be sad. Because he's a bad actor. But, um, uh, let me just say, uh, anyone who's not on my side needs to uh, go watch Jupiter Ascending. Oh my god. One of the worst performances of all time. So, uh, there's that. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> but that guy in this movie, he's really good. He's the one who, uh, figures out the whole... Like, oh, you have uh, pheromones on you. Right, yeah, the he's whole situation yeah. where why the aliens are after them. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's really great. Everyone's really great. True. Nick yeah. Frost is in this movie. He is, yes. For a little bit. That was another <laughs> selling point. I mean, obviously that was not, unlike much of the other talent involved, this was not his debut film. No, no. But it is made... Much better by his presence. Yeah, yeah. Frost is great. It is. I like when they're just uh, sitting back and smoking weed, and they're just watching the stuff fall from the sky, and like fireworks. Fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man. Yeah. I love that his car is the one that originally the comet went through with the alien in it, and mm-hmm. like that's yeah, just sounds just fun little stuff yeah. throughout. And just I, I was really delighted by the action. I was like, all right, got some. Some good creature kills and uh Yeah, I mean yeah. uh Joe Cornish obviously didn't end up directing Ant Man, but you could very much see him be a, being like a director for Marvel to use at some point in the future. Yeah. Like it's a very similar style, obviously on a much lower budget, but just yeah. like the mixture of the comedy and the character relationships with the, you know, sci fi action. It very much feels like he'd be well suited for a summer blockbuster kind of deal. For sure. For sure. Well, well, uh, I suppose we should talk a little bit about the ending because we could briefly oh, mention we, yeah. we mentioned the part where uh, we get the reveal that John Boyega's character is only fifteen years old, but we didn't talk about the very ending of the film, which is you know they obviously fight off the the aliens, yep. you know they lure them all into the trap, kill them all, mm-hmm. but then it ends with all the characters getting arrested by the cops. Yep. Yeah, I mean, too real. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little too real. Because that was, like, the thing when I first watched this film, I was like, do I like this ending? Because it feels very unsatisfying, because you're just like, well, not, it's it's all of a sudden, like, they're just just suddenly arrested now, and, like, that's the end, they're just changing his name, but at the same time, you, like, you think about what it means, you know, just uh, mm-hmm. what it means thematically, what it means for these characters. You know, it, it it it's a very you know powerful ending. Mm-hmm. So I've definitely come around on that point of the film since my first viewing. And I feel like it's not left like hopeless. You know, it's not like no. oh they're arrested. Right, because obviously that's what like the chaining of the name the, mm-hmm. of his name. And then the nurse Moses. tells the police like, hey. They actually protected me the whole time. Right, we like, don't we don't know if uh, they'll actually believe, believe her, or but not, like, but at, at the same time, like, if you know, if if she is like saying like 
they're innocent, everyone else in the block is saying they're innocent, then there is at least a hope of of some kind. Yeah. yeah. Maybe not maybe not for uh Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> There's no hope for Eddie Redmayne. No. The, the actor. Oh my god. Because he's awful. Um yeah. Well <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I do think it was a very powerful yeah, I loved it, because just you hear the chanting, and then you get a little smirk on John Boyega's face, and then just cut <laughs> to the end, I'm like, alright, there we go. It feels very much like a sort of 80s action, and not like it just kind of ends. <laughs> like, I feel like this one has definitely, Yeah, you're, like, you're not uh, complaining that this one doesn't have an ending. No, 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 I'm saying this <laughs> Unlike, one does uh, have an ending. Robocop and The Fly, you're just like, oh, no, no, this, this one, this one, this one, even quiet. though it's the same thing, it's all about the character arc. No, 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 no. <laughs> The uh, the climax happens, you know, he blows up the apartment, and, uh, you know, he lives, and then there's, like, maybe just a minute tacked on at the end, just enough to be like, there's an ending of this movie. It's not like, it, it's not like if he just blew up the apartment and then he's hanging from the thing, it's like, that's the end. He did it. That's what RoboCop does. That's not what RoboCop does. That's exactly does. what RoboCop does. That's exactly what The Fly does. It's what all these 80s movies do. We're not getting to this debate and, again. Uh, but this movie doesn't do that. And, you know, it still... What do you know? It still manages to tell a complete character story arc. Character arc in the story. Just like The Fly and RoboCop do with their Right, movies. but they forget that they need an ending. They have a... <laughs> They made the movie, and then they're like, oh, God, we, we forgot we to make an ending. We don't have time for this debate. <laughs> All right, so do we have anything else to say? Do you have any other points you want to bring up? Uh, no, I, this is just one that I think you should go see if you haven't yet. If you're interested uh, from what we've said and you haven't watched it, I still recommend it. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Uh, super interesting to see uh, how... Like, to just watch and be like, how did this get made? Like, in a good way. Like, this, such a low-budget, like, high-concept sci-fi, like... I think, I mean, I think what's more surprising is, like, how good it is. How good it for is. For what yeah, it yeah. is, you know? It's it's not just, like, for all the how, how did this get made, but, like, how did this work out so how this well, in yeah. a sense. And I think it very much can be attributed to, as we mentioned multiple times, the talent involved... Lot both behind talent. and in front of uh, the scenes. <laughs> behind and in, in front, front of the of. scenes, yeah. Like, because they kind of like, yeah. That's a thing. Kind of lost that People phrase, that. but... They don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I said it. So I, I'm coining So it's phrase. a thing now. Uh, Aaron, where does it land in your ranking of the... Uh, for my ranking, uh, I mean, it's not very high, but again, to, to clarify, most of these films that are ranking lowly on the list, it doesn't mean they're bad films. No. I recommend every single film we talk about in this series. Again, only Blade. Only Blade's the bad Blade one. Blade is the only one Blade doesn't recommend. But I'm going to place it uh, 14th, uh, after Blazing Saddles, before Rubber. Wow, okay. Place it at number 7. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, it, it's uh, quite a bit higher, but... but <laughs> I mean, hey, teach their own. You gotta but... go what you gotta go with. <laughs> but gotta... yeah, as soon as, we, uh, as soon as you finish watching this, you looked up my list because i rank i've <laughs> yeah. ranked all the films i've seen from every year yeah. ever and so you look at my ranking and like how can it be this low and i i moved it i ended up moving it up like two places yeah but like I made a good film, argument for it. <laughs> it's, it's it's definitely a really good film but I, I i don't know you seem to just have taken to it more than i have 
Yeah, I don't know. It was just a lot of fun. And then every once in a while, there's just movies that hit me just right. And I'm like, this is just a lot of fun. I'm enjoying this. This is going to be a movie that I watch a lot. So um, I'm sure I'm going to probably end up getting this on Blu-ray at some point and being like, hey, have you seen Attack of the Block? You should. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> like, that was kind of yeah. the uh, intention with putting it on the list is for you to watch it and then, you know, spread yeah. it out to others because this is a film that's, as we mentioned at the beginning, underrated underrated both of our opinions needs i'm sure it probably does have like a cult following oh on the certainly at this point because so, I mean, otherwise i wouldn't have found out about yeah, it really without people ex- pointing it out expand on the cult following. but yeah now i've done my duty in yeah. spreading it to more people so yeah yeah so uh <laughs> yeah this has been another episode of gateway to cinema uh if you want to find us on the web you can find Lacey on twitter at jake underscore lace Mm-hmm. You can find him on Tumblr at Jake Lace. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't know if you have anything new to plug. Jake Lace? Mm, not that right now. Uh, if you want to find David from the main podcast around the web, you can find him at dbex15 on mm. Twitter. dbex with two S's. Two S's and one, and one one and one five. Yeah, that's how numbers work. <laughs> that's how you spell 15 <laughs> one in five and if you want to find me around the web you can find me at little flame dude on twitter and this clever blog name is already taken dot uh i might post a review of the mummy uh, i feel like i have enough to say about yeah, it yeah you definitely have least... enough to say but oh boy do you want it's... to do that do you want to do that yourself now when you listen to the thursday show this was recorded much, like, the day after we recorded the Thursday show, and you're going to hear us be like, oh, we're never going to go see The Mummy, and then we did today, so, um, <laughs> We just sought out, we, we were like, while I'm here, while I'm here with Lacey, we have to go see a movie together, that's what yeah. we do. So what is the trashiest movie we can find? And of course, uh, Transformers, The Last Night, would probably have been the trashiest movie, but it also hadn't been out yet, yep. and... We both vowed to never pay money to see another Transformers. You, hey, 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 you vowed. I vowed. Lacey, I, I... I'm going to torture myself. Why Lacey Movie Wednesday, man? Oh, okay. How long is it? Do we know? Uh, fairly short compared to some Transformers movies. Okay, So I good. guess that's a blessing, more or less. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But, uh, so I'll probably have a review of The Mummy up sometime soon, but it will not be up by the time this episode is up. But look forward to that. Maybe. Uh, if you want to find the main podcast around the web, you can find us at RebootRDUN on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. Give us a like for new episodes and other news and updates. Other news and uh, updates. You can find our episodes on SoundCloud and iTunes. Give us a review if you like what we say. Give Let's... us a review even if you... Well, you know what? No. Only give it five stars. Because we're five-star men. Yeah, none that four and star. No, no, no lukewarm like reviews no. here. You know, We're, you're on the internet. It's either you love it or you hate it. So come that's, on, make a choice. True. There's no middle ground anymore. No, there's just not. All right. So next week on this podcast, I believe we've talked about covering Fargo. That's right. Is that yeah. what you want to go Let's with? Let's do Fargo. Let's do it. All right. So this is one of a good summer movie for about. us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, next week we will be talking about the classic Coen Brothers film Fargo. Until next time, don't think it, don't say it, bye-bye, man. Bye-bye.